Welcome back to He Says, She Says, God Says. I'm here with my darling wife, Emily. Hello. It's been ages since we've been in the recording studio. Too long. We've forgotten what to do. It's taken us about 20 minutes to get set up. (laughs) So we've got an episode on introverts and extroverts, and we've interviewed a couple who we'll introduce a little later, but... The first thing we perhaps want to talk about is what is an introvert and extrovert? And some people may say, who cares? Mm, Yeah, a lot of people might not even know that term at all. The difference in styles can have a really big impact on relationship and even on social life with families and friends. Yeah, and some people might probably refer to it more as outgoing and shy. Which is actually not actually accurate in terms of the true definition of what an introvert and what an extrovert is. Exactly. All right, so the key here is to recognise, and we'll say this up front, that neither is better than the other. Introversion isn't a problem that has to be solved and extroversion isn't something to be avoided. They're just different with different characteristics and different strengths. So it's all about understanding then, isn't it, rather than trying to solve someone? Correct. And so depending on which study you look at, there's about a 50-50 population split between introverts and extroverts in the world. some studies will say that it's, you know, one third, two third or two thirds, one thirds. It doesn't really matter. If you're not an introvert, you're probably married to one, no one or a raising one, you know, mm. you get the picture. Exactly. And I think it's really important to understand the differences so that you can have the best relationship if you are different to the person that you are either married to or raising. Mm. And the key here is that God made us who mm. we are. And so... Well, he can't be wrong, can he? Exactly. So the term, the actual term introvert and extrovert was devised by Dr. Carl Jung from around about the 1920s. And it was a common misconception around these terms is that people think that introverts are shy while extroverts are outgoing. And this is often the case, but there are also outgoing introverts and shy extroverts. The main difference really between the two temperaments come down to how how they derive their energy or where their energy comes from. So an extrovert gains energy by surrounding themselves with others, while introverts gain energy by recharging and spending time alone. Yes. So when did you work out that that was you? Um, A long time ago. Actually, it wasn't that long ago. (laughs) But we'll come back to that because I want to cover just a little bit about the science first before we get into... You love your science, so talk away about the science. There's a third category called ambiverts, which is sort of smack in the middle between the two. So we're going to delve into the topic a little bit of detail today, and we're going to use some references from a book written by Susan Cain, and the book's called Quiet, who's a respected expert on this topic. So maybe in terms of how it turns up in a relationship... Let's talk about what happens in certain situations. So if there's an argument or a fight that happens inside of a relationship, the introvert prefers to sit and think after the fight. They need time to quietly process. You have to think about what's happened, process your thoughts, run through ideas and options, etc. And an extrovert... Yes, well, they've got just got to chat about it and look at it from every side. They've got to, while they're thinking, they're doing that out loud and they're really problem solving on the hop where the introvert really needs to have that time. Yeah. So things like conversations at gatherings or parties, the introvert, you know, because you're an excellent excellent listener, um, but not a big mingler, you find small talk draining. A more in-depth conversation with a person that you know is going to be way more comfortable. 
you'll tend to a smaller group of very close friends. And even on occasion, you might take separate cars to parties so you can duck out early because it drains you so much and your spouse just desires to keep on socialising. <laughs> well, that's right. So the extrovert. An extrovert has a talent for flitting from person to person at a party. And whether they be strangers, acquaintances or lifelong friends, they're really happy to chat to anyone who is willing to hear. And you're the sort of person that can make new friends very easily and you just love being at these occasions. Yeah. So let's talk about alone time. If you're an introvert, you don't do activities alone because you're sad or negative or depressed necessarily. You spend time by yourself because that's what fills your cup back up. It's the way you recharge your batteries to go back out and face the world again. And the extrovert loves an activity. They love lots of people. They love the noise. They love going out all the time, social gatherings. You know, just load their diary up and they just love it and they just thrive in that environment. And when you have to spend time by yourself in your own mind, you all of a sudden discover that that's a really boring place to be (laughs) and all of a sudden you're running straight out the door again. It's different, though, if I'm spending time with you. So at the end of a day, if you're an introvert, it's fuel the day's <laughs> over. You've done all your talking at work or at school or at uni and you're pretty much uh, done for the day. You're super happy to hear from your extroverted spouse all about their day. They tend to listen more than they speak. They tend to ask good questions, which works out well because that gives their extroverted spouse more room to talk. Mm, there you go. An extrovert at the end of the day, however, is really different. They've got a chat everything out and once again they've got to look at it and analyse it from all different aspects and they just want to chat and chat and chat. And they also want their introvert or their husband to chat and chat and chat or wife to chat and chat and chat. But, you know, they they just want to talk all the time and they've got plenty to say about their day and they're likely to even just tell you about how they went to the shops to buy some butter. Yeah, which is fun. So that's just some examples in a relationship how introverts and extroverts turn up a little bit differently. Obviously, everyone's going to be slightly different, so that's not a complete categorisation of every introvert and extrovert that's out there. It just gives you some examples of how they turn up differently in the same situation. Hmm. Neither's right or wrong, it's just different. And so I think that's the key to recognise. Absolutely. So the question is what's going on inside and why do we have introverts and extroverts? Well, the basic difference according to the science here is the difference to sensitivity to external stimulation. Experts believe that it goes back to when when we were babies and Mm. have done studies which indicate this. So if introverts are more aware of and sensitive to external stimulation, so too much and it overwhelms, just right and they feel comfortable, whereas extroverts are less sensitive to external stimulation, which means that they thrive on a lot of activity, a lot of people, a lot of talking, et cetera, and are wired to seek external reward stimulation. Yeah. And the interesting thing here is it's nothing to do with being social or not. And that's surprising, isn't it? Well, that's, I think, how we mostly think of it because mm. of large social yeah. gatherings. But whether, you know, when an introvert fronts something new or is in a situation with high stimulation, the body physically reacts Right, which starts in the amygdala, which is our fight or flight part of our brain. And our heart rate goes up, our eyes dilate wider, our tighter vocal cords, more cortisol. It's pretty fascinating stuff, actually. That's quite amazing, isn't it? Because And, and I would say that that is something that, while we've not known about the broader term, in uh, really researching, we came into that knowledge, and that's really quite fascinating to learn that. What about some well-known introverts that we might uh, know mm. out in society? Yeah, so you've got Bill Gates, 
Warren Buffett, Steven Spielberg, Meryl Streep, Al Gore, Mark Zuckerberg, Hillary Clinton, Michael Jordan. And it's quite interesting to note with these introverts, and I've still got the list to go, you actually wouldn't really know that from the outside that they're introverts because of their public persona. Elon Musk, J.K. Rowling, Eleanor Roosevelt, Audrey Hepburn, Albert Einstein, Rosa Parks and Mahatma Gandhi. Yep. And so some well-known extroverts that we might recognise out in, uh, in the public arena, Bill Clinton, Oprah, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Muhammad Ali, Nelson Mandela, Steve Jobs, Margaret Thatcher and everybody on TikTok. <laughs> Gives you some examples that regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, the, yeah. world, the world is definitely your oyster. Absolutely. Mm. So the question is what about in the Bible? Well, it's hard to sort of say exactly, but when we look at some of the characteristics of people in the Bible, we can you know, maybe make some assumptions around, you know, who's an extrovert and who's an introvert in the Bible. We've got some clues in there. Yeah, we do. I reckon Aaron, but we might cover Aaron in a minute when we talk yes. about Moses. Yeah. Uh, what about Peter? He was often front and centre in all the attention. Quite outspoken. Mm. Mm. So he's often the first in. So, you know, Matthew 4 verse 18 and he, it says, and he, Jesus, said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately... You know, they, which was Peter and his brother Andrew, left the nets and followed after mm. Jesus. He's the first to jump in the water in Matthew 14, verse 29. Very bold. Yeah, very, very bold. bold. You know, and you could say that that's part of his faith, right, but yeah. it's also part of his character. He doesn't ponder, so he doesn't sit back and ruminate and listen. <laughs> no. right? He's the first, he's pretty fast to ask questions, to understand Jesus' teaching. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 15, he says, but Peter said to him, Jesus, explain this parable to us yeah. rather than sit back and think about it for too long. So he's a real inquirer there. Mm. He's not one to hold back, rebuking even Jesus. Um, Good luck with that. In Matthew 16, <laughs> verse 22, and then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. The other thing Peter was pretty known for is being pretty extreme, mm. like not just taking things but taking things to the you know, as far as he could possibly take them almost. In John 13, verse 8, Peter says uh, unto him, that's Jesus, thou shalt never wash my feet. And then Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter says unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Let's go over the top. <laughs> yeah, and then he takes up the fight in John 18 with uh, when they came to take Jesus and Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Nice. Bold out there sort of guy, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Not shy. What about David, King David? Mm, well, I think it's pretty, we've got some evidence to say that he'd be an extrovert mm. as well. He's often front and centre, never wanted yes. to back down from a fight. Even from young. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, quite bold as well. And even though he did spend time alone tending his sheep, he was a pretty natural leader, um, which turned up in his character as a king. In Second Samuel 6 verse 13, it says, And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with linen ephod. And so David and all the house brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of a trumpet. So, I don't know, maybe hmm. King David was an extrovert. I would say so. What about introverts? Hmm, your favourite, Moses. Let's chat about him. I like Moses. Why is he your favourite? Um, probably because he was. he didn't see himself as a natural leader. Mm. He was just a guy and, you know, he doubted his natural abilities, 
which I think many of us do, but because the Lord had a plan for him, he stepped out in faith, I think, and allowed that plan to come to fruition despite of his natural abilities or, or yeah. you know, his, his view of his lack of natural abilities. In Numbers 12 and verse 3, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek. Mm. Right? Okay. Yeah. Clue number one. Exodus 3 verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And yeah. he was clearly happy in the desert leading his flock. He'd been there for many, 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 many years. Yeah. And that's coming out of a place, that's coming out of Egypt mm. where he would have had all of the trappings, everything provided to him, all of the, I'm not sure what you would have called them back then, but parties and th- You could have imagine a royal household and, and what he came out of and the people that would have been around him at that point, but he found happiness out in the quiet. And, of course, when God asked him to go and lead his people, in Exodus 4 and verse 10 it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And, of course, God answers him and said, The Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And God then goes on to partner him with Aaron, who's likely an extrovert, based on the behaviour that we see of Aaron uh, throughout Scripture. And, in fact, he tells Moses that Aaron will speak to the people, and he shall be thy spokesperson unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And so what was setting up here was this relationship of you know, Moses, who was going to lead the people and stand up to Pharaoh, yeah. and Aaron, who was going to be, you know, obviously a key leader amongst the people to stand in front of the people. Mm. And, you know, it's a really great pairing, I think, of the skills and abilities of both of them. Do you think also God might also be looking upon this that he doesn't expect everybody to do everything in their own strength, that you can have a really good complementary where two people are different but those skills are very much required to um, achieve God's outcome? Yeah, and they have different strengths. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what... Yeah, that's what's being leveraged here is the different strengths of both mm. of them. And I think that particularly for you know, leaders or aspiring leaders, you don't, we don't have to be amazing at everything. You just can't be, it's just surely. Not, it's just not possible. That would be annoying. Except for Jesus. Oh, well, Jesus is our <laughs> exception, isn't he? And, I, and I've got him on my introvert list, but mm. it's a much harder one to confirm. I would say so. Because yeah. he was clearly involved in any kind of group situation, speaking to the crowds of thousands, you know, teaching and leading his small group of disciples you know, and initiating tough one-on-one conversations. Yeah. But he was sociable as well as having a charming sort of peaceful nature, all while being able to sort of stand up and front up to the leadership of the day. I think the interesting part, if we go back to the original definition of an introvert versus an extrovert, is where do you recharge? Yes. How do you recharge? And that's the key, isn't it? And I think, you know, maybe, maybe Jesus was more introverted. I don't know. Luke 6 verse 12 says, And it came to pass in those days that when he went into the mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer to God. Matthew 14 verse 13, it says, When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. So set aside from where the people were in the desert. And where the people heard, had heard thereof, they followed him out. They followed him on foot out of the cities. And in further in chapter 14 and verse 23, and it says, 
And when he'd sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Mm -hmm. Matthew 4, verse 1, it says, And then when Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward uh, hungered. So I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever really know. You know, was Jesus just retreating to a place where he could find solace in prayer or was that part of his recharge process? I don't know. It's just an interesting perspective. Well, it is, isn't it? And one day we'll mm. be able to ask him. Mm. And what we really see in Jesus is the strengths of both introverts and extroverts. I would say that he would yeah. have been able to do both. So maybe he's an ambivert, an ambivert right in the middle. He was representing everybody, wasn't he? Exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, so let's call Jesus an ambivert, I think. Oh, great idea. Yes. <laughs> Not that we'd want to be one to categorise Jesus. <laughs> a quick plug for another podcast called Revival on the Air Today. Listen to interviews with people from all around the world who've experienced amazing miracles. People set free miraculously from anxiety, depression, cancer, broken relationships, drug addiction, anorexia, glaucoma. The list goes on and on. You can find Revival on the Air Today on the podcast app you're listening on right now whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, etc. Plus, you can follow on Facebook and Instagram too. Just search for Revival on the Air today. All right, so we've got an interview coming up with Alex and Georgia, which is pretty cool. But when we first started thinking about couples to interview, we could think of lots of couples where one was an introvert and one was an extrovert. And research shows that this is pretty common. Susan Cain, the author we talked about earlier, yeah. writes, the two types are often drawn to each other in friendship, in business, and especially in romance. Why do you think that is? Well, it says that these pairs can enjoy great excitement and mutual admiration and a sense that they complete each other. Do you complete me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously we could find couples where... Both were introverts. There's yes, a number of there's those actually around. quite a few of hmm. those around as but well. But we really struggled to find couples where both were extroverts. Could you imagine if well, both were extroverts? Well, it's, it's possible, right? And, you know, they're a rare breed, which is fantastic. But those that we often thought of who were seen to be extroverted, but actually there was one of them who was really just a highly social introvert. So it was really fascinating. And that can happen, can't Mm. it? So we've had this topic on our list to record on for a long time. Because it's our favourite topic to talk about. So why do we like this topic so much? I think we like it because it's what we went through ourselves. And so we can relate to the differences in how we show up socially. So you're you're the high end of the spectrum extrovert at one end of the spectrum. (laughs) I I love being at the opening of an envelope. And you were like that when we met. Yes. So how on earth did you cope with that? And at the other end of the spectrum, what was I like when we met? Oh, well, it was interesting because to me, you chatted to me heaps and we wrote heaps and all those sorts of things. But as soon as you went into a social situation where it was more than just me and it was my friends, then you clammed up and um, people would ask you questions and you would give them one word answers and then I would have to do all the talking for you. I would have to explain what you did. What's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't like your friends. Actually, that's not true. I really did like You loved my friends. I did. Yes. But however, the long-term friends that you had known from quite young, 
you were quite happy to chat to them and you felt really safe with them, but it took you a really, really long time to be able to talk. And especially if we were in a massive group, if we went to someone's house and it was just chatting, that was that was close to torture, clearly for you, but then I felt it. Whereas if we were playing cards or something and there was something, there was an activity. Yeah, a smaller group and we were playing cards that was slightly more and there was an activity to do that was slightly better. But if it was purely just sitting there chatting and eating, you could see that that was not your ideal place to be. And of course, all I wanted to do was be everywhere. And mm-hmm. so I don't I don't remember it being an issue particularly. Was it an issue for you? I noticed it because I was the one that had people say to me, oh, I don't think Ben likes me. And I'm like, oh no, he likes you. He's just not particularly, he's just not a chatty person. He's not going to waste, like, I wouldn't say waste words, but you even do that with me. You don't waste words. You won't discuss things and come into things on a thousand different angles. It's either this or it's that, and we're going to do it this way or that way. And we talk about the facts. You're right into just give me the facts, but you don't need to divide it up and analyse anything. Well, the analysing happens in the head, not with the mouth. No, nope. I analyse <laughs> with my mouth. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, whereas whereas you've thought about it and if you don't have an answer, you're not going to talk it out and think on your feet. You're going to, or think with your mouth, You, whereas I will sit there and talk con- continuously until I've got the solution. So when we were dating or when we were married, did you did you think it was a problem or like how did it impact you? Well, I think it impacted when I would say things like, oh, so-and-so has asked us to come over. And you go, your first reaction was always that look of, oh, really? And, but I could tell you made a huge effort because you knew that that's what I, I love to do. But there were just some times, but I learned later that we couldn't always be going out. And I think I just adjusted that myself. But there were times, I do remember there were times, so say if we were invited out for dinner and you said, oh, I don't really want to do that, I would say, I need to go out. I need to have someone else cook me a dinner. I need that. And it's not that we necessarily had the introvert, extrovert discussion about it, but I would explain to you that that was something that I needed. Do you remember that? Hmm. And it's not like I didn't have a good time often when I got to those places, particularly if it was a smaller, intimate dinner. Right? Yeah. That was fine. I think the interesting thing is probably not a lot of people would recognise that I'm an introvert because I have, because I do the podcast, you know, I run a business where it's all about engaging with people, you know, yeah. I give talks in front of, you know, lots and lots of people. Yes. I think that when when we say now to people that say, have only known us in the last 10 years since moving back from Melbourne, people would be very surprised to know that you are an introvert. But back when we were first married, you were a shy introvert. And it really wasn't until you took, until you did your MBA and you did Young People's in Melbourne and you took a sales role that you actually, you had to push yourself so much more. So at meetings, instead of just sitting with the same old people and talking to the same old people, I noticed that you pushed yourself to get around to each of the youngies. 
And I think that that grew confidence and things like that. And and then they sought you out. And then that grew confidence with a myriad of other situations as, as well. Hmm. Well, the thing is, I mean, the podcast is an intimate one-on-one conversation, right? So for me, that's, I love that. It's not a public conversation. It's a private conversation, which ends up going out public. So for yeah. me, that absolutely nails to my strength of, you know, deep conversations. Talks and public speaking, well, that was just a skill that I had to develop over time. I still get nervous every time I give a talk. Every time? Every like se- even every, just recently? Every would single you get time. Nervous? Yep. Yeah. And it really takes it out of me. Like at the end of a presentation, whether it's a work one or a, or a church one, pretty hammered. And so what do you then need to do to recover? I just need to make sure I've got some downtime afterwards. Yeah. And what does that look like for you? Um, if it's a big one, like if it's a big work one, yeah. several hours, it might mean an hour or two just doing nothing afterwards, yeah. chilling, yeah. you know, on the couch, having a snooze, whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't change. Those things don't really change who I am at my core. And what's no. really interesting um, in that research that Susan Cain talks about is she talks about this concept called the free trait theory, which says that while we're born and culturally endowed with a certain personality traits, like introversion, we can do out-of-character things in the service of our core personal projects. So in other words, you know, introverts can act, act like extroverts for the sake of work they consider important, right, to the people they love or anything they highly value. And really passionate about. And so is that why the podcast works for you? You're highly... Well, plus giving a talk, right? Yeah. You're talking about something amazing that's you know, yeah. in scripture or, you know, so it's easy to... It's not easy, but it's easier to push beyond the natural reluctance to do that because I really believe in it. Yeah. Right, I'm really passionate about whatever topic I'm, I'm presenting on. So so there's the chance to extend yourself. Yeah. 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 And Absolutely. I think that's the, that's the same for everybody. And it's no different for extroverts in the same capacity. Yes. Right. For those that you care deeply about, you don't have to talk at them. You can listen. Yes. Um, and you can be engaged with them and you can spend a quiet night home with them on the couch. Yeah. Even when you desperately want to, you know, go out every five seconds because... You know, it's important that people you love or something that you, you highly value. Oh, absolutely. And I think that it's one of those things that I've had to really learn and master myself in reverse. Yeah, and it's been the same for both of us, right? Yeah. In those early days, pushing myself beyond you know, yeah. having to go out to those social gatherings that you loved was something that I knew was important to you. So, yeah. you know, you push yourself beyond what you naturally want to do. So I guess that in any advice that we're trying to give, it's don't just stick to what you know. Do bend a little bit for each other and talk about it and share calendars and things like, or not necessarily share your calendar, but really discuss what you're comfortable with. And and, and the key here is making a free trade agreement, I think yes. she calls it in the book, which says that there are times when I know that you need to be out and be public and be engaged with lots of people. I understand that and I'm going to support that. And Mm. vice versa, there are going to be times where, you know, I'm going to need my downtime and uh, and you'll support that. That's that free trade agreement. And we noticed that in chatting to Alex and Georgia Mm. that they have come to that. Yeah. That realisation very early in their marriage. A lot lot younger than we did. Way younger. (laughs) So they're way more advanced than... I feel as if it took us a, a while to get there. Yeah. I, so the important thing I think here to realise is there's no right or wrong personality type absolutely. in this case. It's a sliding scale. Yeah. And it just means that we have different strengths within us. And the key, I think, is understanding that about ourselves, understanding our sweet spot. 
mm. um, and then being able to communicate that effectively to others, yeah. particularly our partner, yeah, and what their preferred sweet spot is, and then mm. working within that. Absolutely. Mm. That's that's really cool, mm. isn't it? So if you're an introvert, you need to put yourself out there a bit more. Yeah. And, you know, you have so much to offer other people. Um, but I you have... can't do that hiding in, hiding in your basement. No. And be aware also to the introvert. An extrovert might look scary and they're very intimidating and or they can seem intimidating, but the best chats I have is with those that are introverts because they're, and I have learnt to shut my mouth when they talk because I know that if I interfere, I can shut down a conversation really quickly. But I think that I have tried to master listening better. And when I do listen better, I have some incredible conversations. But not only that, I feel really honoured that they've talked to me and shared their information with me. And and I think that that's a privilege. 100%. I mean, they've got important things to say. And They're so wise. They know so much. And I've just inter- interrupted you. So that was a perfect <laughs> example of what I can do. And I, think the, and I think the other part too is don't f- force an introvert to talk. Never. Uh, yeah. And I think that's important. And if you're an introvert, you know, let your extroverted partner get their, you know, recharge their energy by letting them engage and speak and be their exuberant selves. And it means that as an introvert, you'll, ne- you'll need to go outside of your normal character some of the time to accommodate their needs as well. Yeah, absolutely. So have you ever come across, what would you think is an example that we've been through? In what? In us, you know, negotiating these these times. Like when have you felt that I've pushed you? I don't think it happens much anymore. No, because I've learned. I think we're both so hyper aware of it now that mm. I think we're in sync. So I'm cool now. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe earlier on in our marriage, perhaps. Mm. I'm thinking of an example of when you'd come home from work and I was so excited to see you, especially, oh, yeah. especially. <laughs> so when I was working full time, maybe not so much, but. When I was home and early days when I had the kids and, and I was working part time, but I was so excited, especially when we moved to Melbourne, to hear about the big corporate city, all the deals you had done, all the people you had met, what was happening at work. I wanted to know every detail and you'd come in and say, I do not want to talk about stupid work. And I'd be so offended because I'd be like, I've been waiting all day to hear about it. You've gone out there and experienced something I can't at the moment. How do we negotiate that? Because I, I felt that and you felt that because you were frustrated by my... No, I don't think, I don't remember being frustrated, but I was cl- clearly not aware that you needed that. Otherwise, yeah. I probably would have tried harder yeah. to give that to you. But I know that over time what happened, and especially when Eli was young and we had two little ones at home, I know that we, when you walked in the door, they were so excited to see you. Now, I'm sorry, that doesn't happen to you anymore. No one's running to the door to meet no, you anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Those were the golden years, weren't they? For all you parents out there who are expecting that to last forever, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It's just no one's running to the door. No. Nah. In fact, I could be banging on the door for hours. <laughs> no one's letting you in. If I've left my key, no one's let me in. <laughs> Oh, but um, so we found that you would call me as soon as you got in the car or if you were riding home or something like that. 
and we would have a big chat and it took you about half an hour to 45 minutes to get home. We'd talk about the day and all of that sort of stuff because you were already traveling. You weren't able to use that that time any other way. And we'd have this big chat so that when you got home, the kids were just yours. You could chat to the kids. And that was really good. That sort of worked well because that meant that I got all my chatting out and you got to share a bit of your day and what was going on. Yeah, that worked really well. Yeah. 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 And so it's finding solutions, isn't it, for what works for you at different parts of your life as well. I think that's the wrap. Already? What what do you think? But I've got so much more to say. (laughs) (laughs) I found this quote. uh, It says, the meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there's a reaction, both are transformed. I think Mm. that's a really great way to describe an introvert and extrovert marriage. Both are transformed. That's gold, isn't Mm. it? I think it's awesome. Yeah. All right. So coming up after this will be the interview with Alex and Georgia, an introvert-extrovert couple who've navigated this journey. It's a pretty amazing story and I really can't thank them enough for agreeing to tell it. It's pretty cool. It was a great discussion. So I hope everyone enjoys it. And if there are any extrovert extrovert couples out there, we want to hear about it. We want to hear from you. Yeah, we want to hear from you. <laughs> you can email us at podcast at he says, she says, God says dot com. The other thing we're going to put in the show notes too is a online personality test if you're interested. It's a bit of fun. It's called 16personalities.com. It's based on the decades-old Myers-Briggs type indicator personality profile. Oh, I love a personality yeah. profile. I mean, some psychologists will say it's not based on you know, buckets of science, but others argue the other way. So, but it's a, many, many may find it a pretty interesting tool. You just got to be really honest in your answers. Yes. Otherwise it doesn't work. Do it with your kids as well. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it is so fun. Just remember as well, whilst you're looking at your relationship between yourself, you've got this relationship with your kids as well. And they're likely, they may be the same as you, or they may be vastly different. And so once again, you've got to navigate another relationship with either an introvert and extrovert. Exactly. On the website, he says, she says, God says.com, we've got links to the books that we've talked about today, the scriptures we've mentioned, some photos, and, and our other past episodes. So this is episode 11. What? We've only How do we? 59 more to go. <laughs> That's a lot of chatting for us to be doing. Hey. You can find he says, she says, God says on all the socials Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Actually, TikTok? not TikTok. <laughs> not, we're, not, we're not doing TikTok just yet. You're not going to break out and put your introvert self out onto TikTok? Never going to happen. All right. Until next time, he says. She says. God, God says. says. All righty, you've got my undivided attention. So. Actually, that's probably a lie. It's never. That's <laughs> Attention deficit disorder. So I've got attention deficit disorder for the last thirty years or more. Thirty? Am I only thirty? Well, I've only known you really for thirty. What are we going to start with? I've forgotten how to do this. It's taken a lot to get us here. It's going to take another half an hour, and then we won't end up doing. And then your it. email won't work because there's four hundred and sixty-five thousand emails in there that you haven't read, and then you won't be able to find the one that I've sent you. Well, I found it enough to print it. I'm a legend. I actually printed it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rightio, come on. Get this party started. All right. Typical extrovert. It's all about you. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you've stuck a microphone in front of me, so you're going to get my opinion. My golly. Uh, Uh, And talk about introvert, getting to the detail. We'll put that one in the case notes. (laughs) 